This is The Channel, a podcast from the International Institute for Asian Studies. Welcome to The Channel. I'm your host, Benjamin Linder. This episode of the podcast is actually the first in a four-part series on a new network that's being developed here at the International Institute for Asian Studies. River Cities as Method is a new initiative under the umbrella of the Urban Knowledge Network Asia with the goal of promoting ecologically and socially inclusive revitalization of rivers and the cities and neighborhoods that coexist with them. River Cities as Method, or RCM for short, is planned to be a network of teams analyzing different dimensions of the nexus that links urban spaces and rivers around the world. As they write in their concept note, quote, RCM adopts a transdisciplinary approach, bringing together knowledge of river ecosystems from the humanities, social sciences, and natural sciences around three main project components, which strengthen each other. River bios, histories and stories of the river. Spatial analysis, layer mapping of the river and its environs. And transformation, activism to achieve revitalization of the river and adjacent communities, and ultimately transformational resilience through networks of stakeholders. End quote. The project is being spearheaded by Paul Rabay, who is, among other positions, the coordinator of the Urban Knowledge Network Asia, alongside Satya Pachinilam, a PhD student at Erasmus University. Satya's ongoing doctoral research concerns infrastructure-induced resettlement in Brazil, and her work serves as the pilot for the River Cities Initiative. The project is now seeking more partners to build the network, and Paul and Satya have recently circulated a call for expressions of interest. So we thought this was a good opportunity to learn more about the project and what they have planned for it. In this special River City series of the channel, I'm going to have a set of conversations with Satya about her work among the Riverine community in Brazil, and how this reflects or anticipates the broader concerns of the River Cities as Method network that she is helping to build. In this introductory episode, we discuss the research in broad terms, introducing the Riverines and the relationship to a river that was recently dammed. After this episode, the following three conversations in the miniseries are structured around the three themes of the project itself. Episode 2 explores the biographies and stories of the Riverine community. Episode 3 takes on the spatial and cartographic component of this work through a discussion of the ecological, urban, and infrastructural landscape that the Riverines inhabit. And finally, in episode four, Satya and I discuss revitalizations, activism, and possible futures for the Riverine people. If you are currently researching the relationship between cities and rivers, and you think that your work might fit in well with the River Cities as Method project, visit UKNA.Asia. There you'll find more information, as well as the recently published Call for Expressions of Interest. By the time this episode gets released, the August 2022 deadline will be fast approaching, so don't wait to get involved. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this first episode of the miniseries, in which Satya Pachanilam introduces her work and the broader River Cities agenda. Satya Pachinilam, thanks for joining me on the channel uh, to talk about your research and the new River Cities Initiative being developed here at IIAS. 
I want to start with a short synopsis of your project. In broad terms, how would you introduce the topic of your field research? First of all, I'd like to thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Um, so a little bit of my research, my PhD research project is, um, the topic is resettlement. Um, we all know resettlement because when there is a development project, resettlement is something that happens very, um, um, it's very common to happen. Um, so my, my research is based in the Amazon, Brazilian Amazon. There was a dam that was constructed in a river called Chimbo River. And this dam um, affected the cities nearby. A lot of people had to be resettled due to this dam. My focus is gender. It's on riverine women that had to be resettled because of the dam, because of the river, reservoir of the dam. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to that project? What's your kind of academic background and what attracted you to this project about the river rhines in Brazil? So I'm an architect and urban planner. And for my master's, I did environmental and sustainable development. So environment has always been my passion, um, natural environment. And the Amazon is um, a response to that. I think the Amazon is um, the largest forest, of course, we all know that. And it's in my country, so I thought I should know a little bit more and know about the people, and I had no idea about it, um, which is surprisingly, because although I lived um, almost all my life in Brazil, I, be, I had never been to the Amazon until 2015, um, when I went there for, for a summer trip with some friends. And I decided by the end of this trip to go to Altamira to see what was happening because of the dam. It was already being constructed. It started in 2010. And I wanted to see what was the social impact that this dam was bringing to the city and the people. My initial idea was to study indigenous tribes that were affected by the dam. However, um, while I was speaking to locals, I realized that the research um, on indigenous was very, very uh, intense. A lot of people were researching them. So I decided to look into the riverine which is a community, a traditional community in Brazil that are, we call them invisibles sometimes because they do live far away from cities and alongside the river. And in Altamira, they, they use the city a lot and the river, but I'll talk more about that later on. Yeah, we the next episode of the miniseries should be dedicated to the Riverine people, but it, it's a great to have that kind of introduction so people are oriented. Um, so in your life, you had your first trip there around 2015, but then you ended up at Erasmus University here in the Netherlands. What discipline did you choose to study as a way to approach this project? Yeah, so I applied um, for the Institute for Housing and Urban Development Studies under the program Urban Governance, which I thought it could be interesting for my project uh, because it talks about inclusion and exclusion of people and gender 
And it's also, it, I wanted to see the environmental consideration when planning such a big project. That's why I chose urban governance. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it, you're now almost at the end of your doctoral dissertation journey. Is that right? Um, yes. <laughs> what were some of the most challenging parts of completing this research as part of a doctorate? So the most challenging was to get different answers from the interviewees um, because Balamonche Dam, which is the dam that has been constructed post uh, Altamira in the Shingwood River, had, is the third biggest dam in the world and is the second biggest in Brazil mm. and the most controversial one. Um, it has a history of, of um, 30 years of negotiation and um, I can talk a little bit more about that in the next um, episode. But um, because of that, because of the controversy, um, a lot of researchers went there and they asked many questions to the riverines and the indigenous and the locals and people just got a little bit, I have to say, fed up. And the answers were very superficial and basic. Mm -hmm. So the hardest thing was to get a really good answer for my questions. And I have to say, I was only able to do that um, because I returned. So the methodology I used for my research was ethnography and um, longitudinal approach, mm -hmm. which is, um, I talk about it throughout the years. I, and, and because I went there the second time, the trust that, that I built with them was different if I had just gone once. And they started seeing me as a person that they could count on. So because of that, I had um, different answers in my second um, field work, which were better for my, my research. Yeah, that's something I think that will resonate with a lot of ethnographers. I know as someone who was trained in anthropology myself, that definitely tracks also with my experience in the field. Um, what were some of the more rewarding parts? If the challenging parts were this kind of gaining trust methodologically, what were some of the rewarding parts of doing your doctoral research? Um, the rewarding part was just being able to being the Amazon for so long. So um, overall, I spent um, around four months there or four or five months there. And I met um, a lot of indigenous and traditional people from my country. So I was able to see how rich and diverse my country really is. Because once, if you, if you grow up in Rio or Sao Paulo, it feels so distant. The distance is just so big that you you really don't you don't see it. It's not on your daily life, right? Mm -hmm. But in Alameda, it's everywhere. If you walk in the city, you see at least four uh, indigenous family from different tribes, with different tribes. So that's that to me was it was very rewarding. 
Um, now that you're nearing the end of your doctoral journey, what what's the future of this research? Do you intend to publish more about it or will you continue working with this community moving forward? So the idea is to continue working with them. Um, I did create a bond and I do believe that the little bit of knowledge that I that I gained throughout these years, together with their knowledge, will be able to create something that can be very helpful for the community. Your study is the pilot project for this larger collaborative research project that you're developing here at IIS, um, the River Cities Initiative, which is part of the Urban Knowledges Network Asia, UKNA, which is part of our institute overseen by Paul Rabay. Um, before I ask you about the goal of it, I just wonder, how did you first get involved with the Institute? What was your first point of contact here? I think it was around three years ago that there was a, um, a meeting um, of, of Delft, Erasmus, and Leiden, and they were talking about um, water, rivers, and heritage. And every PhD candidate in my department was every PhD candidate that works with rivers, related to rivers in my department was invited. So I went because I was curious to see what people were working on. And I, and I, that's funny enough, that's where I met Paul. Mm -hmm. Although he does work in my department, we never, we had never met before and we met there and um, I presented my research and everybody liked it and I heard everybody else's research and I was very interested to continue and, and bring into life their their plans. So I kept on um, um, emailing Paul and, and talking to him and trying to to help out somehow to see what we could do to make this happen. And three years later, or two years and a half later, he he contacted me to to start this um, project. Great. So just to introduce it for listeners, what is River Cities, and what are you? What's the goal of this project that you're just at the beginning stages of developing, but it is taking off fairly quickly now? It sounds like so. What What is the goal of this? What's the idea behind it? So the goal for this project is to investigate River City's nexus and to create an action plan that's favorable for the relationship with a low impact um, to both built and environmental and, and natural environment. Um, the initiative, this initiative is seeking to revitalize uh, uh, urban rivers um, and the ecological, social, cultural, and economical system that leads to the river. Why focus on rivers in particular? Um, so rivers are everywhere in the world, and rivers are very important to, to uh, human beings, and, and, and living beings doesn't even have to be human beings. Everybody needs rivers, and everybody needs the water that comes from rivers. So the way that we treat rivers are not, we're not thinking of the future. If you see rivers, most of the rivers are polluted and, and that's how it is. Sometimes we don't stop because 
the interest is so much bigger and revitalizing it, it's not in the agenda. So we need to treat it as a living being too, to be able to have it for the future. As we always speak, when we talk about climate change, we need to treat our world better for the future. Rivers are just as, as a living being as we are, so we should treat it well. We had to reschedule our interviews a, a few times in the course of trying to plan this podcast. And I know there have been developments since since we initially started talking about this. And I just wonder, where are you in the process of developing this project right now? I think you just put out a call for papers. Is that right? Or a call for expressions of interest? Yes, we did. We pulled, all, we pulled out a call for expression of interest. We are... We are receiving some um, interesting um, projects and we are looking for collaborations and uh, we are preparing to apply for a few um, networking fundings. Um, so that's where it is now. Is the deadline closed now or if people are interested, can they still apply to be involved with the project? Yeah, the deadline is on the 15th of August. Okay. It's not very complicated, however, I. I believe the project has to be has to exist already. So if it's from scratch, it can be a lot of work. But if it does exist, it's it, it, easy application. Okay. The River Cities project is kind of anchored around three themes, as I understand it: biographies, cartographies, and revitalizations. Can you explain how you came up with these? anchors in the first place and um, also why they were chosen? River Cities, this method is a transdisciplinary, right? So it has a transdisciplinary approach that bridges together the, the river um, ecosystem um, from the humanitarian, um, social science, and natural science. So it's around three basic, um, three main components which are, which strengthen each other. That's the important thing. That's why we chose them, because we, they, we believe they strengthen each other. So we chose, uh, the, the three components are bio, um, mapping, and revitalization. So bios, um, it's all about the history of the river and the city, um, how the river was shaped um, um, with the development of the city, also, the his, the stories and the myths that that shaped that use of the river, and also, um, yeah, the livelihood of people and how they manage it. So, so that's that that influence. Um, the cartography, which is the mapping, is um, so we believe uh, mapping is a visual storyteller um, that shows how areas are in use spatially. What is interesting about mappings is mappings are not only the tangible um, things, um, but also intangible. So, for example, in 2018, during my first, my first field work, I did an expedition with the Riverlines. Um, and we, we noted, we created a map with tangible things. 
We saw rocks, we saw the soil, we saw vegetation, we saw um, uh, houses, we saw many things that were important for that map. And then a few weeks ago, I did a workshop um, in Amsterdam where we mapped intangible things, where we mapped exclusion, racism, um, other things that are important to map so we can create an action plan that um, revitalizes revitalize the, the place, the, the, the area. So revitalization um, now is, um, so each case study team uh, will organize and coordinate the re re revitalization um, strategy aiming to restore new life to the river city as a holistic fashion, in a holistic fashion. Do you have particular rivers that you hope people will apply with? I'm just curious, are you just waiting to see what comes in and, and you'll sort of decide once you've had a chance to review all the expressions of interest before? And... So we have a few that have applied that are super interesting. Hmm. Um, and we have another a pilot, which he's um, writing a summary to put in the, in the, in the website. And it's the Anjana River in India. Mm -hmm. um, it's super interesting. The, the, the river is dying and he's talking about it. And he did a very extensive research as well. Um, he was Paul's um, student, master student. Yeah, it was, it, um, and I went to a presentation. It was great. Um, we have uh, uh, another team from Albania. Mm -hmm. And they are going to talk about another Albanian river um, too, which are super interesting. So we are very excited. We're super excited um, for the for more um, different rivers from all over the world. That's also important to say that we are expecting rivers. Um, we're expecting projects from all over the world. So for this little mini series of episodes that we're doing about your project and the larger River Cities project for which your research is the pilot, um, we're actually going to use those themes that you just described. So biomapping and revitalizations or biographies, cartographies and revitalizations. We're going to use that kind of as the structure for the next few episodes. So those are going to correspond to the next three. Um, Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> that was Satya Pachanilam, who is an academic advisor to the River Cities as Method Project, as well as the international principal investigator for the RCM pilot project. To learn more about the River Cities as Method initiative, Stay tuned for episode two of this mini-series. You can also visit the Urban Knowledge Network Asia website at ukna.asia. That's also where you can submit an expression of interest to join the River Cities as Method project if you think your research might fit in well. Thank you for listening to the channel. Please subscribe to receive all future episodes. This podcast is brought to you by the International Institute for Asian Studies, a globally-oriented institution based at Leiden University in the Netherlands. We are dedicated to fostering an integrated, multidisciplinary understanding of Asia and beyond, and we would love for you to get involved.
For more information on our conferences, webinars, publications, and fellowship program, please visit eas.asia. That's iias.asia. See you next time.